Hi, Ace Babes, and welcome to this episode of Ace Space, a podcast by, for, and about people on the asexual spectrum. I am Michaela King, one half of your host. I am a demisexual, heteroromantic girl from Seattle. I am Alex Abe. I am the other half of your host. I am an asexual, queer, romantic person from Rhode Island. So... <laughs> So today's going to be a heated episode and I can already, I already know it's going to just be full of emotions, particularly from Alex. (laughs) I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) So basically I'm just going to like say the question and then you're just going to rant for 45 minutes. Probably. It's going to be good. That seems likely. So today on Ace Space, we are going to be answering the age old question, are Asexual people, queer. Okay, I'm so glad you asked, Michaela. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, The short answer is yes. The long answer, and this is something that I've actually, like, all week, knowing that this was what we were going to talk about next, been, like, just getting heated about and trying really hard to, like, find concise ways to elaborate my thoughts because Mm -hmm. they're just, like, thought spirals usually. And actually, one thing I landed on maybe two minutes before we even pressed record was I was thinking about how I am a very proud Arab American person. However, I am not Muslim and therefore do not necessarily feel the need to input myself into discussions within the Muslim community. But like most Muslim people, I am also Arab. And I think that the word queer works that way really well because it's like, if you're ace, you are queer. You're not gay, so you may be... I understand when people are like, oh, ace people have no, you know, right to insert their voice into this conversation, but it's not necessarily true. It's just there's different ways of being queer. There's different categories under the queer umbrella. So in this analogy, being queer would be being Arab, and being gay would be being Muslim. Yeah, kind of. I guess when you put it, like, directly that way, I can understand how this sort of spirals (laughs) out of control, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I get what you're saying that just because like queer can be a blanket term for a lot of different identities. Right, exactly. And I think that it's actually to say that being ace isn't queer is incredibly heteronormative because it is implying that you like queerness is only valid when it involves sexuality. And in that case, when it involves, like, sexual attraction to the opposite gender. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm sorry, the same gender, not the opposite gender. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh I I think what what I'm hearing is you're saying it's heteronormative because if you don't count asexual people as being queer, you're assuming that their default, if they were aloe, would be hetero. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's the same, like... You know, the same question as, like, oh, do ace people belong at Pride? That's like saying, are single people allowed at Pride? Like, if I'm a lesbian, but I'm single, should I not go to Pride? (laughs) Because I don't have a girlfriend, therefore I'm not queer. Like, how are you quantifying queerness in this way? Yeah. And I don't like it. So, spoiler alert, we are both on the team that asexuality (laughs) is definitely queer if you're a-spec you can identify as queer if you want to which is another point i think we should hit on yes but yeah um lgbtq shorthand 
queer, obviously there's different circles within those communities. Like we're part of the A-spec community, but you are also a part of, you know, the sapphic community. Right. You're a part of the trans community as a non-binary person. Yeah. Like there's a lot of communities you can belong to and still be under the blanket term of queer or LGBTQ. No, exactly. And I think that one thing people get upset because they're like well you know there's the queer struggle and i think a fixation on the queer struggle is not super healthy to begin with i mean i definitely understand it and i think it's something worth talking about and i think queer trauma is absolutely a thing but the reason people want to gatekeep asexuality i think it comes from this place of being like well you haven't been oppressed the way that i've been oppressed which is bullshit it's such bullshit (laughs) don't play oppression olympics Okay, so we're going to go into this right now, because I that sets off my ranting yes, mood. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I fucking hate when people say that ace people don't experience oppression or, like, some side of, some sort of societal stigma, because it's literally everywhere. There are so much media, like, there is so much media in the world that focuses on sex. Mm-hmm. Like, sex is an ingrained part in a lot of our media, like all Hollywood is sex forward. All advertisements, or most advertisements anyway, are very sex forward. They normalize sex, which is a good thing, but then they also transform it into being like sex is what makes you a person. So ace people get a lot of this dehumanization because they don't want to or don't experience sexual attraction. So it comes with dehumanization like inherent within all the media we consume. And then we also have interpersonal trauma, especially romantic trauma, like it's a struggle. It is. It's a struggle. Unless you're dating another A-spec person, that person is going to have some sort of reservation about you being A-spec. I actually, yeah, I'm, like, like, always afraid to mention it to people. I'm, like, "Mm." yeah, (laughs) exactly, because there's so much stigma around it. And unless somebody has really educated themselves and really evaluated their own prejudice against ace people, the default is that you don't want to be in a romantic relationship then oh you don't want to have sex with me we can't have a romantic relationship unless you're going to have sex with me um or going to be physical like people are going to assume that you're going to be a spinster yeah because you're asexual which isn't true i think there's also like even within communities that accept asexuality as like a valid thing and a life you know style that may differ in certain ways i.e like ace people might not get married as often (laughs) like because they just don't want to um or you know like not dating at all like if you're ace and arrow you might not date at all you might just like live alone and so i think a lot of people even within the queer community who are like very accepting of that also tend to infantilize ace people a little bit like Mm -hmm. oh you don't want to have sex so you must be just really naive yeah and that also gets under Childish. my skin because it's not that I am like afraid of it or I don't understand it. It's that it, I'm just not interested. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. And it's not, I mean, some people are very sex repulsed, but not all ASPEC people are. So right. they, they assume that you either 
haven't experienced it and therefore don't know what you're missing. And then once you experience it, you'll be converted, Mm -hmm. which is something we'll put a pin in and come back to Mm -hmm. about violence. Or they just think that you're a child. Yeah. Your little womb baby who can't handle it. (laughs) I also, you know what though? Like speaking about overlap within communities, I have seen a lot of discussion around the way that trans men are infantilized in kind of a similar way. It's like, oh, they're so wholesome or they're so cute or, you know, all this stuff, talking about them as if they are children instead of being like, oh, he's hot or, you know, like the way that you would talk about a cis man. And it's insulting (laughs) to be an adult and be treated that way, no matter how you identify. Um, The same thing with, like, anyone who's maybe not neurotypical. Like, if you have, maybe you're on the autism spectrum, or maybe you're, you know, just neurodiverse in some other way. Whenever somebody treats you like a child because of that, it is damaging and insulting. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we kind of strayed from what Sorry. I was ranting of. No, it's totally good. It's not a bad thing, but I want to bring it back to this idea of queer trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know we don't want to talk about, <laughs> we don't want to be just downers, but, um, let me put like a trigger warning for people on this maybe because we are going to be talking about some things that can happen to asexual people, mm-hmm. including like rape and you know a lot of violence towards people so if that bugs you that is going to be in this episode so i would you know recommend protecting yourself and listening next week absolutely that said (laughs) i cannot stand people who say that aspec people do not experience queer violence or violence because they're queer or have any sort of phobia directed to them. Because it's just blatantly not true. Yeah. There is so much violence that happens both domestically and randomly, you know, by strangers you don't know, to ace people, you know, through corrective rape. Quote unquote corrective rape. Right. Um, also, just interpersonal remarks that your family can have Family's the worst. against you. I would <laughs> oh, you just have to wait for the right person to come along. Yeah. You just haven't found the right person. That's very demeaning. In medical situations, I will never tell, <laughs> I will never tell a doctor or a therapist that I identify on the A spectrum because I don't want to deal with that. Oh, I know. I actually have had like I've been in therapy and tried to talk about it and been shut down by doctors who are just like not willing to go there and it's like so I don't know it's like you try you're try you finally work up the courage to talk about this thing that's kind of been bothering you and then you say it and they're like oh we don't have to talk about that and it's like oh <laughs> okay oh, but I wanted to but and maybe then they try- I didn't want to <laughs> maybe and then right. Yeah, and then sometimes they'll try and, like, reach for the trauma that sprang yeah, up right. out like, of Yeah, right, like, what happened to you to make you this way? There's got to be something and that happened. Yeah, it's like, no. No, I know, I'm just this <laughs> Asexuality way. isn't tied to trauma, like, some people just are. It's like... Not that I it can't like be, was... like, it totally can be. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary, it's not inherently. Yeah, it's, well, it's the same argument that I think... 
gay people have heard right for years you know before this new wave of acceptance in this new queer revolution gay people were always told that their sexuality is because of some sort of trauma when they were children Mm -hmm. or it was a medical condition and that they were sick in some way it's the same sort of rhetoric that ace people get all the time yeah it's just a different it's different because you know sex is one of those things that i think on a very basic human level we have always understood to be a pleasurable adult thing and so when you don't want to engage in that thing that is mutually uh no matter where you're coming from, accept it as a pleasurable thing. There's got to be something wrong with you. It's like when you say that you don't like chocolate and everyone in the room gets upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. Okay, I have something. Yeah, go for it. I think asexuality and gender are something that are definitely, you know, worth talking about in a connective way. But I also think that, like, if you're ace and, you know, an AFAB person, like, assigned feminine at birth person, it's not taken as you being, you know, I think the word queer, the word queer at its root means, like, weird or other. And so when you, like, queer is definitely a reclaimed word and it's saying, like, yes, I'm, you know, I'm proud that I'm not, you know, heterosexual. I'm not following this normative way of life and I'm embracing who I am. Um... And I think that we almost normalize asexual behavior in young girls because we're like, yeah, you shouldn't be sexual because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that also is with religion, mm-hmm. especially um, for female people in religion. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing where you are supposed to repress those feelings a lot. So I think it can be difficult for the people in those circles to even identify that they're on the spectrum in the first place. No, totally. I think also, though, like even in the exact opposite way for asexual men, it's like or, you know, cis men, it's difficult because it's like, um, well, you should have a sex drive. You're a guy like that's why you Mm -hmm. have a penis. That's what it's for. So, (laughs) like, yeah, and it's just it's so baffling because the more you get it, the more you dig into the trenches of ace phobia, the more you realize like, oh, you're actually homophobic. (laughs) It's like institutionalized homophobia when you get really deep down to it because you are reinforcing gender norms and heteronormativity by saying that asexuality isn't a queer thing. Boom. Yeah, the episode's over. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like this point that you're bringing up about um, asexual men because it sounds like they have it, I don't want to say like worse, but they have to deal with this idea of toxic masculinity as well, which is just so harmful. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it hard. Uh, I hate it. It's so rough. And it's like, I feel like ace guys are often, you know, it's if you're ace and you're a woman, you're a victim. If you're ace and you're a guy, you're gay. Like that, or you're wrong, or, you're, or like yeah. you're broken. Yeah, or you're broken. It's that idea of brokenness that comes up again. It's like this is something that you should want and you don't want it, so there's something wrong with you. And why do we even hold that standard? This is I have such a problem with toxic masculinity. It's really bad. Why are men only valued? Through, you know, their testosterone, their sex drive, their ability to, like, 
you know, be a hunter type. I'm like, why can't we value people who are in touch with their emotions? Yeah. And then not instantly assume that they're not straight or, you know, weird in some way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, because and I, I do think this kind of loops back to the idea of you don't understand the, and it's, it's, you see it in bi communities too, like people who are biphobic will always say like, well, if you're in a straight passing relationship, you might as well be straight. And it's like, if you're single, you might as well be straight. If you're, you know, if you're anything other than gay and in a homosexual relationship, you might as well be straight in that situation. Yeah. And it's just such crap. And it's like, it's just really, it's, it's hard to even, it's one of those things that it's like, if you actually take a second to think about it, doesn't make sense at all. And the argument just falls apart. And so why are we still having these conversations? And why are people still so adamantly against asexual people claiming the title of queer? So I want to bring it to this point that you'll see a lot of people, especially in June and Pride Month, this year wasn't so bad. Uh, last year I noticed it a lot more, but I think that's just because of my feed and how I've curated yeah. it. <laughs> but um, last year especially, there was this idea of no ace people at Pride because they're sit- cis and het, which we brought up a little bit in the beginning, like this idea that if you're asexual, you're automatically hetero. Mm-hmm. And then there was this idea, oh, if you are not a cis or het ace person, then you're fine because you identify in the LGBT community in a different sense. But your asexuality is invalid. Yeah. Like, your asexuality doesn't let you be in here. It's because you're trans or it's because you're bi or pan. Exactly. No, totally. And I actually, I even, I dealt with that, I think, as a teenager when I was, when I was out as ace but nothing else. And my friends would be like, let's go to Pride. I felt uncomfortable going because I was like, I don't think I'm, you know, I'm not gay. So that, like, that internal kind of self-checking, I think, is something we already struggle with. And then to hear it from the outside world, too, is just, like, super disheartening. But I do genuinely believe that, like, that just comes from a place of wanting to have somebody at the bottom of the barrel like the gatekeeping within the community is just a way to be like to find someone to put beneath you because you've been shit Mm -hmm. on and you won't want to be at the bottom anymore and so you find someone who you can rag on next and it's like this toxic cycle and it's it why don't we break the cycle and it's like you see that like exactly if you look at the history of like immigration in the in the americas the irish got absolutely dunked on And then if you look at the history of, like, ethnic groups that supported slavery, the Irish super supported slavery. And it's like, why do you think that they did? It's because you treated them as subhuman. And so they found someone they could treat as subhuman. And they were like, oh, good, this is a little bit of ground. And you see it with white women who are Republicans. It's that same idea. It's like, oh, I've got a little bit of privilege. I'm going to hold on to it with all that I have and shit Mm -hmm. on everybody beneath me so that they don't rise up to my level. Right. It's a power hold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they get a little bit of power and then they they can't get rid of it. And they can't acknowledge that, you know, sharing with other people isn't going to take any of their power away. No, 100%. And also, genuinely, pride is for everybody. You don't not let people into pride unless they're, like, bigots and hateful and going there to, (laughs) like, 
cause trouble. Like, if they're there to celebrate gay people and queer community, like, if they're going there to celebrate the ability to be who you are, you're allowed at Pride. Even if you're not a queer person and you just want to go and be supportive, you're allowed to do that. Like, the idea that Pride should just be for queer people is a little baffling to me because it's like we're just, now we're othering ourselves. Now we're making ourselves inaccessible. Yeah, I mean, I I do understand the the desire to keep pride, you know, um, LGBT focused. No, and I, I actually, I do get that. And I'm very much against the commodification of queerness. Like, I hate when I see companies that just, like, boost the rainbow flag just for the month of June. And it's like, mm, I'm not giving you money. Uh, but <laughs> I do think that, like, I get the, the, the impulse, I think, is that we want to create safe spaces. But pride... And I'm talking about, like, specifically pride festivals and pride parades are public. They're often held in public places, like parks or cities, like, block party-esque thing. Like, the Providence Pride is basically a big block party. The parade is down public routes. You can't not let people come. Like, you you actually physically Mm -hmm. can't keep them out if it's on public land. So you should celebrate the celebration. Like, you should allow people to be like, hey, you're straight, but we're all people. And you know i'm a person too and if you want to celebrate that i'm a person that's what this is for specifically but you're like grab a beer with me you're invited like i just think it's it's a difficult i I definitely understand the impulse to keep it as a queer space because you want to feel safe but i also feel like it's it's one of the rare opportunities we get to kind of commingle in a way that's like i am very proud of who i am i'm wearing it on a t-shirt right now do you mm-hmm. want to still be friends? And, like, that's how you figure out who good people are, honestly. Like, I, th- yeah, that's true. I think if you're straight and you don't want to go to Pride or you feel uncomfortable at Pride, maybe you should investigate that a little bit. Yes, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Um, that said, I'm terrified to go to Pride, Pride because I do identify as demisexual heteromantic, which, if you're looking on the spectrum, is probably the most close to being uh, a straight person, which is something that I have a lot of insecurity about. This idea that, like, I'm not... Even in ace circles, I feel like there is this idea that I am not queer enough. This idea of not being queer enough. Because um, because I'm heteroromantic, because I'm demisexual, it feels like it's just a step below being straight. And I think that's a lot of just, like, negative self-talk. But... I think that it's a mirrored in a lot of places. So telling people that, yeah, I'm a-spec, but I'm demisexual, I feel like I, I'm not as valid as other people. I definitely understand where that comes from. And I think that you see a really similar struggle with people who, I have a lot of bisexual friends who are in heterosexual romantic uh, romantic relationships who feel like, they don't count as bi anymore because they're you know with someone of the opposite gender and it's like they're still just as bi as they were before they started dating this person and you wouldn't feel that way if you were dating someone of the same gender it's just this it's 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 really toxic kind of self-doubt that we all feel I think regardless of yeah where or how we identify and I do think that like it's important to have an awareness of how your privilege translates into the queer community. Like, 
one thing for for me, not even necessarily because I'm ace, but because I'm queer in general, I am from a very liberal area and I never necessarily dealt with a ton of like blatant oppression. I mean, I got called names and I, you know, dealt with, I've dealt with homophobic assholes in my life, but it's not like I was ever at, I was, my safety was never threatened. I never felt like I was in danger for existing and for being the way that I am. And that's, if I was the exact same person, but I was born in like rural Virginia or something, my life would be completely different. And I think that awareness is important to have and to keep. And I think the same way that, you know, you're saying like, oh, well, I'm heteromantic, demisexual, like it's not, that's that's the same thing sort of it's like having that awareness of like I get that I can you know pass in straight communities it's that idea of straight passing also that I think bothers people and it's like yeah I might be straight passing I don't feel the like I have a lot of internal stuff that makes my identity a queer identity but I understand that externally it might not always look like that and so I have certain privileges just in my day-to-day life that not everybody has but I'm still a queer person is like a really important I think thing to to recognize and even bringing it back to the way like before how I said you know I'm Arab but I'm not Muslim I am kind of white passing like people don't always necessarily understand that I am Arab I often get confused for Latina which is a different issue but um (laughs) but it's like I know that compared to someone who is like very dark-skinned and who has to you know maybe have some sort of indicator like women who wear hijabs uh people look at them and understand that they're muslim because they're wearing something for their religion that you know identifies them as their religion and i will never deal with the sort of oppression that comes with that because i'm not muslim and i have lighter skin and so i understand that like while i still have a voice a little bit well i still wish i can give myself a voice in arab communities and i want to partake in the discourse and feel like very affirmed in my own Arab culture, I understand that it's going to be harder for other people in different situations. Um, and so even just that like self-awareness of privilege is really important. And sometimes it's hard to maintain and to have, but I think even striving to have it makes like the effort makes a difference and it makes it worth it. And you should never let anyone else tell you that you are not queer enough to be somewhere, because if you identify as queer, you are queer and you belong here with the rest of us. We're going to save that as a motivational speech. <laughs> Just play it for people. I did I did get really in myself right then. I was, like, really feeling my feelings. <laughs> it was good. Oh, thank you. Um, so then I kind of want to transition then to this idea of you are queer if you want to be, which is something that you'll see a lot of ace um, people say. Mm-hmm. Like, you're asexual. If you're asexual, you're queer if you want to be. So I kind of wanted to break down this idea of like wanting or not wanting to be queer and maybe why we feel the need to single out asexuality as something you're queer if you want to be instead of just, yeah, you're queer. I think there's two parts to this. The first being, actually, there's this is a multifaceted now that I'm thinking about <laughs> I'm really it. There's a lot of things to I'm unpack. Actually, I've never heard this discourse and I'm like, it's, oh, really? It's, it's tinging a lot of like little bells. I'm like, hmm, okay, we're paying attention. We're wondering. Yeah. Okay, so this is something I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen it. Uh, I want to say that I see it in religious 
like religious people will say if you want to be. I don't know if that's part of it. So I think there's multiple things happening here that I don't want to invalidate someone who is asexual and doesn't want to identify as queer, but I think we should unpack some of the things as to why you might not want to be called queer. First, I think some people are going to have internalized queerphobia, homophobia. Um, some part of them is going to say, no, I can't identify as queer because queer people are wrong. I'm sure that there are, you know, very, very conservative Republican, you know, I traditionalist, quote unquote, people who are also asexual and they just are like, don't want to be associated with queer people. I think there is a lot to be investigated there and maybe you should unpack that within yourself. We're not going to get into that discourse <laughs> here, I don't think. <laughs> the second thing is kind of what I was saying earlier about not feeling valid enough. Like, I can't wear that title of queer because I don't belong in this space. I think another reason people maybe don't want to identify as queer would be the violence that goes behind that title. Like, there is people who are going to oppress you because you identify as queer. And I think that has multiple heads, too. I think that comes within the community, like we've been talking about. But again, homophobic people, if you're wearing rainbows and identifying as queer, they're gonna, you know, there's people out there who wish you harm. Absolutely. I also think that it's really, it's, I'm glad you brought this up because it is something that's like, there's no such thing as a two-dimensional issue. And so where, you know, the one side of the word queer and asexuality and are ace people queer and the answer, the simple answer being yes, like that's one half of it. And then when you look at the other side of it though, you know, I have a lot of young queer friends who use the term queer in a very specific way and they will say things like, oh, he's gay, but he's not queer. And what that really means, you know, like the way when they say it and the way that they mean it, and I've said it about people too, quite honestly, like I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like I disagree, I do um, get where they're coming from. And it's that, you know, some people, especially gay men, have reached this point where they are very self-validated and they feel like, you know, I'm a gay man, I can get married you know, I can be who I want to be and I'm going to face some repression, but for the most part, I'm allowed to be who I am and I'm happy and, like, we've come this far and, you know, and, but that focus of the kind of just, like, the me, me, me of that, like, the the very, um, I'm trying to think of, like, self-isolated uh, approach to gay rights. And it's, like, if you're a gay man, that doesn't mean you don't have to care about trans issues or bi issues or, you know, any any other kind, like, if, if you are a gay man, you are not automatically within the queer community. The queer community is an intersectional community. And so there are a lot, especially older people who identify as something that we would label as, like, a queer identity who aren't part of the queer community because they don't engage with, you know, or even, you know, you see it with a lot of older lesbians, too, who are kind of transphobic. And it's like, why are you transphobic? Because you're also gay. Yeah. But it's, it is it is a problem that you see cropping up. And so I do think that, like, one issue 
with the word queer is that it is a self-chosen identity. It's not, you know, just because you you are gay or you are ace, you are not necessarily queer. Queer comes from the like acknowledgement of a non-heterosexual identity and then the desire to be involved in the community of people who are not heterosexual. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. The, when you were talking, I also thought of this idea, you know, ace people are not the only people who feel uh, erasure, I guess, excluded from the LGBTQ community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we talked about bi people, mm-hmm. but there's like TERFs out there. <laughs> Lesbian radical feminists who think that trans women are not real women. It's like... Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. The trans Janet, go trans home. women. <laughs> trans women led this movement. Literally. Take oh a my seat. God! Through the first brick at Stonewall. <laughs> like, take a seat. I can't. Karen. Joanne. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you're talking about J.K. Rowling, yeah, Joanne. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. In like in like 2017, I think I was in I was with like a group of kids at college, and I was like J.K. Rowling's a turf, and someone was like, "You can't just call people turfs," and I was like, "Why?" And then this year, now everybody's like, "Oh, J.K. Rowling's a turf," and I'm kind of just sitting back, like, "I know," <laughs> but she is because she's like done things on Twitter. She's a turf. She's a fucking turf. Yeah. Anyway, um. <laughs> ruin everyone's childhood <laughs> for a little bit sorry oh, that's good um but yeah okay what was i was saying that asexual people this exclusion that they feel isn't unique to their experience and in some ways i think that just affirms that they're even more a part of the queer community because all of these not well represented or you know not I don't want to say, like, glamorous, because I know gay people still face oppression, but really, gay men are much more acceptable to society now than trans women or trans men or, you know, so many different identities. And bi people face erasure all the time. And I think, as like, what you were saying, it's this intersectionality that makes you queer. Mm-hmm. And ace people aren't trying to take the term gay. Like, I've never heard someone who was asexual but, you know, heteromantic or aromantic say that they were gay. They just say they're queer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, you know, we're not trying to come into a space and co-opt it. We belong in this space. And I think our belonging is enforced by the fact that there are so many mirrored experiences. Like, we face similar trauma to a lot of different people uh lesbians also have corrective rape like that's a big issue for lesbians and sapphic Mm -hmm. people um bi people straight passing Mm -hmm. like they are very very ostracized because they can be in a straight passing relationship and or have only dated men but they're still bi right and people don't validate their identity because they've only dated men or trans people like so much trauma happens to trans people it's true and but the like the idea of gender trouble 
in general, like, that's a Judith Butler thing, but, like, the idea of it is that, you know, you don't identify the way that with, you know, the way that your gender is, like, socialized to behave and to act and to feel. And I think that a lot of ace people have gender trouble because it's like, you know, if you're, if you're a guy especially, it's like, oh, well, I'm not into, you know, <laughs> like, sex and I don't know what else there is for me because I'm a man and that's all I've been taught to want. And for women even, it's like, oh, you don't want children. Oh, you don't want a partner. Oh, you don't, like, all these other things that you, that you don't want as part of your asexuality that make you feel like you're just bad at being your gender or your assigned gender at the very least. And it's like, that is an issue that I think transcends across a lot of communities. And that's why I really don't get transphobia, honestly, because I'm like, how have you not experienced this, even if you are a cis person? Like, but <laughs> that's me. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it baffles me when people in the queer community are willing to shut down a queer identity for not being queer enough. When on the exact opposite end, we have pedophiles trying to claim that they are part of our community and I I mean I do definitely think there is an issue of especially younger people who feel a little lost and confused maybe claiming identities that don't necessarily apply to them because they're just looking for a place to fit and you know like I saw this video actually on my Twitter feed and it was this person who claimed to be a trans man but a you know portrayed very much as just you know a teenage girl and uh they were talking about how they were wearing a dress and they went into the men's room and somebody said this is the men's room and they were like well I'm a man and like made a whole fuss about it and then they posted this very self-gratifying video being like take that you know oppressors I did this blah 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 and then a lot of trans men were like you're not a trans man and you know, it like they pulled up receipts from this kid's TikTok and they had posted things like that their preferred pronouns were like he, him or it, it's, which people had issue with because it's like you're objectifying yourself by asking to be referred to as it. And that's just bizarre and strange. But it's like this person was also maybe 15 and it's hard to be that age. <laughs> like it's yeah. really hard to be yeah. 15. And so I understand people who were offended by it saying like, you are trying to take my struggle and say that you're being oppressed when you're just being a like a fucking tyrant <laughs> in the bathroom, like get out. Uh, and I do understand that. But I think the vast majority of ace people aren't doing that at all. And so to treat us as if we are is super misplaced and rude and awful and stop it. <laughs> I think um, ace people, ace spec people are often the quietest identity. Yeah, I agree. Like, I haven't really met a lot of ace people, if any, that just are very, very loud and proud. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to claim that asexual people are trying to take over this space that they don't belong in, it just isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just, we're just sitting here enjoying... The quiet like we just want to sit yeah, here yeah for good. the most part i have yeah i've never met an ace person who was like <laughs> really pressed about it like you know like they yeah and it sucks it's like you're picking on us for being the quiet ones <laughs> like we're just over here living <laughs> so 
long story short, yes, asexual people are queer. You can fight yes, me. My do. Twitter is at ixabe. I, I'm, I'm sorry. A-I-E-X-A-B-E. I'm not kidding. At me. Fight me. I'm ready. <laughs> they will fight. They will go hard. You'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, long story short, asexual people are queer and you have a problem with it, you can see yourself out. Or fight me on Twitter. Thank you. Or fight Alex on Twitter. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of A Space. We are very happy to have a space where we can rant about our problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's really... That Basically. Was, that was very much like a therapy session, but... <laughs> we'll share our therapy with yeah, you yeah in a way that i, I hope therapy. that you can listen to this and be like fuck yeah and like get that catharsis as well also thank you to everyone who has been listening and supporting us um we're pre-recording a lot of things so as of right now only our first episode has gone live but we've already gotten more listens than i was expecting yeah me too i was really not anticipating such a good turnout so thank you yeah, so much so thank you <laughs> Yes. Um, if you want to support us further, you can always, you know, leave us a review on iTunes or just tweet at us um, at Ace Space Podcast on Twitter. Send us questions. Use- we would love to have some discussion content. Yes, we want to do questions. So please send us any questions you have about us, about asexuality. Um, you can also tweet using hashtag AcePod if you feel like it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Michaela Tweeting, M-I-K-A-Y-L-A Tweeting, and Alex is A-I-E-X-A-B-E, A-X-A. Are you going to change that? I'm working on it. (laughs) I can't think of anything better. It's a problem. Tweet me suggestions for a new handle. What if it's just Alex Abraham? Like, what if you make it longer? Oh. Uh, I know it's hard. What if it's Abe with two B's? Well, that'd be like Ab, like Abba. Yeah, but Alex Abe. Uh, yeah. Uh, send us questions on Twitter or our Gmail, which is aspacepodcast at gmail dot com. That's all we have for this episode. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>